powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be one of your hosts here tonight. Of course, I'm joined by my other co-host, uh, Alyssa Hood, and we have a, a wonderful and fantastic guest here with us tonight. We have Sean Reynolds. I know you don't hear compliments too too much from. No, uh, no it's it's good. I like it. I can get used to that. <laughs> uh, Sean was nice enough to uh, to grace us with his presence before, uh, of course, doing the Kenny and Rennie show, which he does after every game. If you're watching this show, I'm sure you know about Kenny and Rennie. Uh, they do fantastic stuff over there. Um, on a night where the Jets. Uh, they they clinch playoffs. We're we're in, guys. Uh, did, did we think we were gonna get here? When um, when? Like, are you asking five minutes ago, earlier today, two weeks ago? Because lots of answers. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's been a bit of a, a rocky road for the Jets. Um, I, I know, Sean, you have touted for a while now that uh, based on the math, the Jets are were going yeah. to get in. Uh, were the, at any point did you have any sort of uh, you know? Uh, pull back from the math and going, you know, I, I the math is saying this, but I'm watching this team and I'm not feeling so, so confident in in the math. What what did you think? It, it, at, at one moment, and that one moment was the game that they lost three nothing to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, and it was on the same night, I think on that same night, the, the Calgary Flames or earlier that day, or maybe the day before the Calgary Flames had beat the LA Kings. I wasn't expecting that. I'd said, uh, I'd said time and again, and for the people who've heard it from me, like I, I've thought since, since January that, that the jets were in, that it was near impossible for them to fall out of it. And that was predicated a on as bad as the jets have been, you would have to be beyond bad to fall out of the playoff race especially with the teams that were chasing them. Nashville, give them credit for everything that they did. They were a plucky bunch, but their schedule down the end, down the stretch of the season was a murderer's row. They outperformed what they should have been able to perform, but, you know, lost some key key matchups down, down the end. And I mean, c- coming up against the Winnipeg Jets, they clearly could not match to the Winnipeg Jets game uh, at that time. So they weren't getting there. And the Calgary Flames just kept on showing us who they were. I mean, every time you thought they would turn things around, I think they'd won four straight games at one point. And then they lost that stinker to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, beat the Jets, and then turned around and lost their next two games in overtime. So it, it was always predicated on the idea that I, I, you would have had to have the Jets so, so seriously underperform the expectations and at the same time have the Calgary Flames or the National Predators insanely overperform what they'd been doing to meet in the middle. Now, the Jets did their part. In the end, the other two teams didn't do their part. Uh, the Jets were going to get in a, a long time ago. I, I thought it was funny going into the tonight because I, I, I would I would wager that by the time this is all said and done, the four points necessary that the uh, national predators would have needed to pass the jets anyways, even if the jets would have lost here tonight and lost to the Colorado avalanche, I'm guessing they don't get all four of those points. Anyways, the math tells us that they probably won't. So it's been interesting to see everybody kind of sweat over this over the last 24 to 48 hours, because I've just been sitting here. I've been planning to go to Vegas because that's what the math tells me is that I'm going to Vegas sometime next week for the first round as the jets open up as the eighth seed against 
against the number one seed, which very much looks like it will be the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I, I've, 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 I'm already packing and have been packing because uh, this looked like a foregone conclusion to me. I'm very I'm happy. Say, Sean, is that what the math says, or is that what you want to happen? You Vegas sounds like a pretty <laughs> sweet option right now. I don't know, but I get guy was steady. His hand was like this when people asked him, "Are they just gonna make the playoffs?" Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hockey nerd to the point that I just love like consuming and watching hockey when I'm not watching the jets, I'm watching, you know, a, a Seattle crack and Carolina hurricanes game or something like that. So, Hey, if the Colorado avalanche uh, ended up in that first spot and the jets were going to Colorado, I would absolutely love that. I called them to win the Stanley cup at the beginning of the year. I still think it's going to happen. The Edmonton Oilers are playing better hockey than anyone else in the NHL right now and watching Connor McDavid, you better realize that you're watching something that is, you know, a once in a generation kind of thing to happen. Uh, so I'd be happy with it to go anywhere. The math is what I'm leaning on in the expectation that I'm going to Vegas because I do not gamble. So a city like Vegas is just another city to me that's got some pretty good food, I'll admit that, uh, and a good hockey crowd. So uh, I'll be interested in checking them out. I, I am sorry to to butt in here and say, but if, you know, Sean may not be a gambling man, but uh, but hey, if you are, get in on the action and make your bet with sports interaction. Every hit, Good every stuff. shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and players, the Winnipeg Jets. You know, if you if you were following uh, Sean's plan, uh, you could have put a bet on the Jets at some point when they were falling and you would have known. Uh, that it would have been money coming back to you, but uh, you know, with competitive odds, the best live in play, and more th- more ways than ever to get into the game, like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Uh, download the app in Ontario, use the QR code at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Uh, I had to find a way to try and just. You know, shove it. Good. <laughs> Slick segue right there, Brady. I like it. Good work. Hey, I like a, it. I would say it's a little, it's a bit rookie of me, but uh, hey, it, it was, it was a low hanging fruit. I had to take. No, it. that was good. That's good stuff. That was, <laughs> that's by the book. Excellent work. Perfect. And uh, you know, I, I think we do, uh, unfortunately, have to talk about this game and kind of. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're probably going to end up sp- speaking mostly about the third period. Uh, Sean, I'd love to hear your take. Uh, feel free to get in on the buffet here. How did you feel about the Jets game tonight? And then uh, we'll dive into, you know, officiating and all the all the craziness that happened in the third period. But just genuinely or generally, how do you think the Jets played tonight? Well, I take a look at this game and I think one of the things I, w- I want to give the Jets a ton of credit for is down the stretch here, the teams that they have played um, uh, are teams that blow them that if the Jets set a certain caliber of game, I didn't think those teams could compete with them, right? Like the the roster that the San Jose Sharks have, the roster that the National Predators have, if the Jets raise their game to a certain level, they were going to win, period. Forget hot goaltenders, forget puck luck, forget all those things. The Jets were good enough to outperform all those things in games against those teams. And they went out and they did the things they needed to to outperform uh, all of those things. And that's why we find them where they are tonight. This is the first game we've seen in a long time where I take a look at it and I think the Jets won a game that they didn't deserve to win. Um, this is a Connor Hellebuck special. I, it, this may be, this is probably before your time, but uh, this was playing uh, a hockey game with a game genie on the old Nintendo system, the cheat uh, system. Oh, yeah. this I, is, I know the game this genie. Is, 
There you go. This is this is God mode, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, if you take a look at the couple empty nets where they hit posts, and then Hellebuck just absolutely, you know, the good saves were amazing. The amazing saves were impossible on this night. Connor Hellebuck absolutely stole this. I'm okay with that because if you take a look at the last time these two teams played, the Winnipeg Jets were the better team, and Mark Andre Fleury stole a game for uh, the Minnesota Wild at that time. Um, the 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 one thing I think about with a game like this is it reminds me of earlier in the season when you were getting like kind of warning signs with the Winnipeg Jets, those games where they'd go out and they'd get out shot 15 to three in the first period, but they'd be up to nothing going into the break. Those kind of games, this, we had a similar, and essentially it's those first two goals that are scored that dictate the rest of this game, because, you know, that was enough for, for Connor Hellebuck on this night. The last goal I think is a little bit of a score effect, but I will say this, the, the goals that the Winnipeg Jets did generate those first two goals, I love the goals that they generate, right? Like it's getting to the net. It's creating confusion. It's sending waves of players at the net. It's getting the puck to the net when that confusion is happening. So the the goals that they scored on this night, I think they earned. I don't think it's a puck luck thing. This is, this is the kind of offense that if they bring that to the playoffs, they'll capitalize on that offense. Um, I don't think they'll go very far playing the kind of defense that they did in the first period and the third period you would most definitely be required to have Connor Hellebuck in consistent God mode to survive a game like this tonight uh but it's all about getting the two points um that said we're close enough to the playoffs and you're taking a look around the league we talked a little bit uh, about the Edmonton Oilers I think before the show started and you take a look at a team like the Colorado Avalanche they've rounded into their game they've been dominating for a long time now they're getting the muscle memory into their game to head into the playoffs at the top of their game uh, I would have rather seen a Winnipeg Jets where you know the shots and scoring chances were reversed and they continued the domination we saw that they had over lesser teams Teams. Uh, they got one more crack to do it before they get into the playoffs, before it gets real. Because the tricky part about it is as good as the Jets have been down the stretch, catching teams on the back end of back to backs, dominating teams that aren't playoff teams. The thing that gets crazy about the playoffs is, especially when you're in eighth seed, every single game for the Winnipeg Jets going forward right now is going to be against a very good team that will know how to bring it, that will be extremely fast, that will interrupt the Jets' um, uh, uh, momentum, which they really, I think, really rely on. And we saw that in some of their past games uh, down the stretch here. So the the challenge is coming. It's going to be heavy. What they put on the ice tonight would not will not be good enough to meet that challenge. They got to raise their game above what we saw tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm i glad you touched on the goals that they scored because I think that that was one thing I remember wanting to highlight about uh, last game. Uh, I, the, oh, my God, I'm losing my... Who did they play last game? I'm I'm completely blank. Sharks. Sharks. The Sharks. Oh, the Sharks, yeah. of course. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. It just completely evaporated from my mind. Uh, all of the goals that they ended up scoring that last game uh, were all goals that they uh, you know went to the net and were driving hard, yeah. controlling the slot, creating chaos. And that's really what has been missing to kind of complete the Rick bonus system, yes. um, in my opinion. Because I feel like when, when things were bad for the Jets, um, they kind of just let go of the, the difficult parts of the bonus system, which is following up on rebounds, uh, you know, going 
going to the net, playing hard, and just they kind of just left it to you know get, getting the the puck to the defenseman and uh, and just getting shots off. Um, and again, <laughs> I'm glad you touched on Connor Halbuck because just an insane game from him. Oh. Uh, so many, so many uh, goals that should not or that should have gone in that he saved. Uh, I actually liked what Kevin Sawyer said about. Uh, it seemed like they they uh, they saran wrapped the net. Nothing was just getting by him for most of the game. Um, Liss, I am curious how did, how did you feel about the game here today? Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on that maybe uh, Sean might have missed or, or just you want you wanted to bring up yourself? Well, I mean, Raymond says, yeah, we just let anyone on the show. Sean missed tons. I got lots of insight to share that he did not. Um, no, I think 100% right. Yeah, like the you talk about the system and, and moving towards the net and actually capitalizing on those rebounds. I was talking to Brady a little bit before the game started about how, especially early on in this game, I found that it wasn't the most exciting game of all. And yet there were tons of crazy godlike saves from both goaltenders. And it was because we weren't getting a ton of rush chances or fun neutral zone like entries or anything like that. It was entirely shots to the net and then actually capitalizing on those rebounds to create some good chances and whatnot from both teams so i like seeing that from the jets it's one thing that a lot of us have been griping with them over for for quite some time and it's nice to see um noah in the chat says that um he asks if we have the best third line in hockey right like someone like nino niederreiter joining a line that collapses so hard doesn't always play um against the toughest competition depending on who's on line matching right like there's a lot of good coming from these players doing the right thing in front of the net. And tonight that really was clear to me and it transpired into um, at least two other goals. I'm trying to remember maybe all three of them. It was just good net front presence that uh, really helped put them on the scoreboard and win the game ultimately when it mattered most. Yeah. I, I, I also love the addition of, of Nino Niederreiter uh, on that line. We kind of talked about it a bit last show. Um, Sean, I am curious what your thoughts are just on that third line. Cause they've kind of take, they've kind of taken up, the ice time a little bit of the quote unquote second line. Um, I f- have personally found that, uh, you know, with Nino Niederreiter on that line, I feel much more comfortable with them taking up much more time, uh, uh, you know, of the, you know, sorry, excuse me, uh, taking <laughs> up much more time that is available to the forwards uh, because that's a line that you can rely on both defensively and offensively. They've been putting some, uh, a lot of goals into, geez, I'm tripping over my words. A lot of goals in. Um, I'm just curious what your thoughts are, mostly just on, you know, the addition of Nino Niederreiter onto that line, as well as, um, you know, what that provides uh, Rick Bonus as far as, you know, options to uh, put them out, you know, in certain situations of the game. Well, I, I think in order for the Winnipeg Jets to get to the kind of to the style of game that we are seeing them play down the stretch here, which is really predicated on hard work, uh, you know, getting up to speed, um, not giving up on any play, being really active with their sticks, contesting every single puck. You needed a culture carrier for that. Uh, and I think Adam Lowry has been doing that since, uh, hey, you were at one of our live shows. And in that game, I think that was the Nashville game uh, in which they came back, was it? Uh, or was that the it was, Kings it was game? The that Kings they, game. No, it was the, it was the it Kings, was the Kings game. game. Okay. <laughs> well, I I thought since back then, Adam Lowry has been the guy who has been showing the Winnipeg Jets, see the front of the net. That's where we need to go. I'm going to go there and you guys should follow me, right? I, th- I think that he's really led the Jets for a long time in that regard. And you can see it's taken time to get everybody going there, but I think that's where we're heading now. Nino Niederreiter is a player that I think has just worked every single place that he's been put so far. 
but it, it's been interesting to watch the different kind of style of game that that he's like it, it's not an entirely different style but it's been interesting to see the way that he plays off certain players i really liked how he looked with mark shifley and more than that i liked the way mark shifley looked with him at the beginning towards the end it started to get a, a little bit stale no doubt i know that the hope was always to get him to play with pierre luc dubois um but i'll say this i i don't think Nino Niederreiter is a, a player that anywhere he goes, no matter what team he's on, no matter what line he's playing on on any given night, he's not the kind of guy that needs someone to get him going. Now, that said, I do think Lowry playing alongside him has elevated Nino Niederreiter's game beyond what we've seen him put produce so far anywhere else with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I think it's it's he he's he's kind of like the perfect mix of of grit and offense. Uh, whereas Lowry is a guy over the years who's who's you know. B- Definitely has the grit. The offense can go to sleep at times. Uh, and I kind of think that these two players are playing off each other because I think Adam Lowry is bringing out the very grittiest version of Nino Niederreiter. And I think Nino Niederreiter is bringing out the very most offensive version of Adam Lowry. And it's really become a match made in heaven. Whereas, you know, Mason Appleton is just doing what Mason Appleton needs to do is just use that speed, tear up and down the ring, the wing contest pucks just add that second element of you know Nino Niederreiter cannot be stopped when he's playing like this and nor can Adam Lowry and when you do get away from those two guys well Mason Appleton just came speeding in behind you and took your lunch right so the way that line is going right now I think they've been the culture carrier I think they've been scoring the biggest goals for the Winnipeg Jets you saw them on a night like tonight I thought that they handled the extracurriculars that the Minnesota Wild wanted to bring into that game better than everybody else. Nino Niederreiter, I think, did a good job and kind of showed that I think there was a moment in that game where the Jets were getting bullied a little bit. And I think that, you know, it's a conversation we've had on our show. The new and in the new NHL, they want the jet, the, the refs to control the play and kind of maybe start in my mind, I, the re- the league wouldn't agree with this, but I think this is where they're going kind of taking it out of the hands of the players to police the game. And you just wait until the refs uh, t- tell you it's a penalty and then you react accordingly. And the problem in this game is the refs didn't do their job. They didn't, point out the penalties so the the Jets stood back and watched all this stuff keep happening and there was no response I thought Nino Niederreiter's response was perfectly towing the line between you're not going to push me around I'm going to get in your face about this but I'm not going to be an idiot and take a penalty in a 2-1 game and find ourselves in a situation where we're down and I'm the guy who ends up being in the box when they tie up this game and then they score a late one and then all of a sudden everyone's you know biting their nails for the next couple of days until they go play he rode that line perfectly Adam Lowry stayed out of it until it was time to hop into it and took care of his business at the end of that this line had a perfect night tonight Uh, they were the Jets best line I think they've been the Jets best line for quite some time Uh, and boy oh boy what a tool they are for for uh, Rick Bonus to have going into the playoffs 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we look at when that line was united together and it was at the same time as, of course, um, the Shifley Dubois Connor line that a couple of us had some question marks about was united. And, you know, that line's been great um, for a lot of reasons. But like you said, it's been that third line that's been kind of the glue that's been really, really helpful to making sure that this team is is competitive and playing their best level of hockey when they need it. But, uh, Sean, unfortunately, you opened the can of worms, so I think we're going to have to talk about it. You talked about the extracurriculars. I have lots more to say about the extracurricular. So before we even got on this, I took out a notepad, a physical Hillroy 200 page notepad to write down the chronicle, chronological order, the sequence of all of those things that happened in the last half of that third period, because that was wacko. So I think we'll just kind of go through a couple of those things. I'll try not to miss any bases and make sure we got it all covered here. But can we start by talking about the first thing that kind of you know, didn't initially have any impact. No one answered the bell immediately, like you were kind of talking about. Um, but it kind of helped with the emotions that led to everything hitting the fan at the end. But the Ryan Reeves hit on Dylan DeBello. Um, Brady, I'll maybe throw it to you first and give your initial thoughts. Then we'll we'll give it to, to Sean to kind of wrap up our thoughts on that initial thing. I always say I'm not going to give a whole ton of comments on actual refing calls and like the technicalities of hits because I don't trust my ability to do that. But it looked like a board to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, that that one was right in the numbers. And I feel like the, the the big issue isn't necessarily the fact that, you know, the Jets didn't get a power play out of it. it. It's more what it signals for the rest of the game. And, you know, looking at these two teams, obviously they're rivals. Uh, and there's, you know, if both of these teams get past their first round matchups, or I guess, I guess the Jets would be potentially on the Pacific side of things. But regardless, uh, at some point, these two teams could clash in, in the playoffs at some point. Um, and so both teams are kind of incentivized to maybe, you know, do a little bit extra, give, you know, give a little bit of an extra bruise to to the your <laughs> potential opponents. Um, so for me, that hit right there, the fact that that was not called, especially in a game where like, you know, DeMello took a penalty earlier on in, in the game where he high sticked a guy, but he kind of just got his, his glove up high. Um, you know, if he called it a roughing, then I would be maybe not too upset. I guess he did get his hand up high and bunched him kind of. Um, but right there is when everything kind of started going off the rails. Uh, and I'm sure you'll know as you have the, you know, the list of everything, uh, listed down there. But as soon as that happens, Ryan Reeves, Ryan Reeves has played in this, this league long enough. He knows, he knows that as soon as he gets away with one or two and the other team's upset about it. Uh, he knows that like th- it's just his time to shine. Um, and I thought that the the officiating tonight on on many of the different uh, calls were were very bad. The fact that you know Ehlers uh, hit wasn't a major considering he was injured on it. Uh, I guess we probably should talk about that at some point too. Um, but uh, and then you know moving on to Hartman and all that. I don't know, hey, Sean. What did what did you think uh, about the officiating? Were there any calls that specifically stood out to you? as uh you know potential egregious non-calls you know maybe bad penalties this that the other thing uh how did you feel about it tonight well i i just want to say i think both you absolutely nailed it like i i I think Liss nailed it in that that hit that reeves hit is what opens the door to everything happening and i think you absolutely harpooned right to the (laughs) heart of this with the comment about because you can you can see it in reeves face he throws that hit and there's like the, the the kind of casual turnaround look at the ref to be like okay am i going to the box for this one because he should have right like if we're 
we're talking about uh, uh, the the hit that opened things up for the Cal the, in the Calgary Flames Winnipeg Jets game. That's not as egregious a hit. There's no consistency. Uh, sorry, who is it? Rasmus uh, Rasmus, uh, Rasmus Anderson. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, who gets that hit? That that is a less egregious hit yeah. than what we saw in this game here tonight. So if you're looking for consistency from game to game, I know they're different officials, but there's no consistency there. So yes, I think that's boarding. Yes, I think it's a missed call. But the fact that it goes uncalled, it's almost like you see Reeves turn around to be like, okay, am I going to the box for this? And once he sees he's not, he's like, oh yeah, okay, here we go. It's my exactly like you said, it's my time to get going here. This is the standard they're going to set. Now Ryan Reeves gets to start running around and making things crazy. And I agree with your point as well, because I said this before, uh, that, that when Kirill Kaprizov goes down after uh, Logan Stanley gets up on top of his back there. This hasn't been a a popular opinion of mine. Um, I think that Logan Stanley got on his back and I think Logan Stanley, I've played against really big guys before when big guys get their weight on you, they know what they're doing. I think he got his weight (laughs) on him and felt he was in a weird spot. And I think he just like, like a hammer pounding a nail into the ground, pushed him into the ground. And, and I, at that, time I said I'm okay with that I like that play I think he was trying to put him in a bad spot and in the end he did and I'm okay with that there was nothing illegal about it you're taking a pound of flesh out of an opponent that you may see down the stretch I like that kind of hockey right so when I take a look at what happened here tonight I I, I hate to say it I like what I saw kind of the response from both teams, because if the refs aren't going to take care of business, and again, we go back to the league, which I disagree is saying, let the refs take care of it. Well, when they don't, what do you do? Well, tonight is what we saw. We saw the Jets kind of take a little bit of a little bit of time to wake up to it. And the Minnesota wild take liberties with the jets until that happened. Um, But that to me was definitely the moment all that opened up. The, the Ehlers hit is one I think is really interesting because Hartman, no doubt in another league uh, like 10 years ago, um, Nick Ehlers would have been coming to hit Ryan Hartman. And so I'm wondering if there's a little bit in his head of the, of the old school mentality that he turned, thought a guy was coming to hit him and thought, I'm going to give it back to that guy. Right. But instead he's, you know, throwing a pick and it's like a basketball pick that is just way, way, way too aggressive. That that's what that one turned into for me. Um, but no doubt that, 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 that's got it. That, I think that there needs to be a response when that happens uh, at that point in the game for the Winnipeg Jets, but everything that follows, it just goes out of control. I, a lot of people are losing their minds and saying Dean Evison should be, should be um, uh, suspended after this because he threw Ryan Reeves out there. Well, if you take a look at the way this situation is a much bigger uh, Brendan Dillon, Gave a gave a whooping to Ryan Hartman to get back at him, right? So the Jets sent out their big boy to take on a guy. Ryan Hartman can handle himself, but the Jets definitely got another weight class out there, took advantage of that situation. No one out there should be at all confused with the idea that Neil Pionk was trying to snap off the bottom half of the floating ribs of of uh johansson is it not like this is not as mad as you are this is maybe the most egregious thing that was done in the game tonight and so the response that you're seeing from the 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 wild uh i get it fans take a look they hate it 
when their players get beat on and they love it when their players beat on another team. This just built and built. It was two teams challenging, gearing up for the playoffs. Uh, I don't have a problem with the the way that the game unfolded uh, and the response by the players. I've got a problem with a league that says, don't worry, we're taking care of all this stuff and then get surprised that when they don't take care of it, you get a response like this. To me, the, the, the players were called upon by the situation in the game and by defending each other to have to respond the way they did in the lack of the, the calls that we would have expected to happen in that game. For sure. I I also the the one other call that I wanted to at least highlight that I just want I, I don't have anywhere to go after this, but I just want to mention it. Uh, I have no idea how um how the when Nino and and Reeves got tied up there when off the draw, Ryan Reeves is like, you know, sticking at yeah. <laughs> at Nino Nino Ryder. And then, you know, Nino obviously knows the hits coming. He doesn't really reverse hit him, but he, he definitely, you know, braces for it. And then Ryan Reeves gets on top of him, like places yeah. a knee on him, basically. And then yeah. comes and says, oh, you guys are both going. It's like, that is uh, like just so frustrating to be like, okay, finally you have a, a, a second chance to put this guy in the box. Uh, and yet you, you know, you don't really take that up or you do take that opportunity, but it doesn't give any sort of uh, advantageous to the Jets. I mean, not that it would have really mattered. Um, but also in regards to the Hartman one, like, I don't know. I, I think that Hartman kind of brought that upon himself. Like they were just kind of oh, for sure. poking yeah. at each other in front of the net. For like, sure I don't think that, that was a, an Ehlers relating. Well, I mean, it might oh, have, you don't but, think so. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, it has to do with it, yeah. but, uh, but they I, were all mad, but he also like yeah. slashed Dylan in the face kind of like, so I don't oh, know. Yeah. Oh, he so, totally did. Yeah. And then no, he turtles I, and yeah. Yeah. It, there was a, there was an interesting. I, I just want to go back to you were pointing mm -hmm. out that play where those two players got tangled up. You, you could see, and this is going back to what I'm talking about. The, the Winnipeg Jets have done a really good job over this time, as the, as the officials have been like, "We'll take care of the game. We'll just let." If if you remember that Dylan Demello goal, who did he score it against? Um, where they just oh was it? There are only six of them, but they're all the best. So. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, it was down on that Florida trip. I, I think oh. it was against the Hurricanes, the one where basically everyone stopped playing everyone, because oh, yeah. they thought Fighting. penalties were called and, and the refs the wouldn't. Like, so what? you could see that same thing happen when the Niederreiter Reeves thing was happening because Blake Wheeler had the puck and he was entering the zone and he kind of went to stop and then kind of kept playing. But at the same time, you knew something was going on behind the scenes. I knew at that point in the game, the, the Wild had taken way too many liberties. So if I was the Jets, I would be like, forget this, keep playing BS. We need to go start standing up for ourselves. But you could see in that moment, just the way that Blake Wheeler reacted, that was a reaction by players that did not know what direction to take this. And should we follow, should we be following the refs cues? Do we need to start taking care of this on our own? I just, I thought that that was one of those moments that it reminded me of the time where DeMello just looked around and said, Oh, they're not going to call this. Okay. I'm going to go down and score. It was a similar situation to that, but I almost think that in, in their heads, the Jets, thought thought okay well we could do that or maybe we should just go defend ourselves at this stage of the game enough's enough and that's the weird position that the players were put in in this game whether or not they had to say okay it's time to put take our faith in the refs and throw it to the side and police this thing ourselves or do we keep trying to make this go the way the league wants wants this to go i thought it was an interesting point hundred percent. And I, that Dylan DeMelgo was probably the entire highlight of my life. Like that was like the greatest day ever. I was jumping up and screaming. That was so funny. And I fully agree. It was a very similar situation to that. Um, I think we can probably move on from the roughing a little bit, but I just want to get my bit in here. The one that 
that I'm most confused about. When did Marcus Foligno get a 10-minute misconduct at the end of the game? I was looking at this the score, yeah. um, the list of the things, and I was making jokes before the game because Marcus Foligno always gets at least a five-minute penalty for something when we play the Jets. Like, just always. What, what happened? Was he even on the ice? It was in the same whistle that... Um, Adam Lowry fought Ryan Reeves in. It was do you, do you guys know? Maybe if you guys are in the chat, speaking of if you're in the chat, thank you so much for being here. Like the stream, subscribe. We love you. Um, do you guys know what happened there? Is that a real thing or was that a mess up on the score? I personally have no idea. I didn't see it. Um it's, maybe it just like probably a... stuck someone from behind while they were watching the festivities. That's the kind of mm-hmm. kind yeah. of play that usually happens in a situation like that. Yeah. True, true. So. Before we um uh, move on, I, a couple of people have some questions in the chat about some playoff stuff. So you can probably wrap up because obviously Kenny ha- or Ken oh my gosh. I, I just called you by the wrong name. I'm so sorry. That's okay. No. <laughs> Re- Reddy's gotta go to his other show. We here. made it we made it rhyme, so that always gets <laughs> tricky. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about some some futures and whatnot, but just super quick poll um, between the two of you. Sean, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, I put this as, as a Twitter poll, but I'm curious. Mm. Um, now there's a third option: Pionk crosscheck, Hartman hit uh, mid ice on Ealers, and the Ryan Reeves board. How many of those go to Department of Player Safety and get reviewed slash get a suspension or fine? Mm, one. I think the Pionk uh, cross check. Yeah, I, I think I agree. That one, that one at least was the first. Like you can easily say was the most malicious, and like you could pin on him being like, or you can say that the, that one definitely had the most intent to it. I yeah. would say there, there was nothing about that. That was a hockey play. That was just a straight up punishment, trying to mete out punishment. I, I think that even though I die, even though I don't think it was, I think the Hartman thing you could almost kind of argue that he was like trying to do a pick a hockey play he saw a guy coming fast was trying to defend himself like there's enough or even though i don't think that that's the case i think there's enough going on in that that you could get an out out of it there's no you you see that pionk uh, uh cross check in slow motion he he is trying to go underneath that arm and then up into those mm-hmm. ribs like it is a very deliberate uh very successful uh attempt to inflict a lot of punishment uh uh, and he pulled it off and and the hartman one is like that one is just a penalty like and and should have been a five in my opinion just because Ehlers yeah. was hurt uh but nothing more than that i don't think that it was like necessarily malicious it was just like uh hey this is an intense game and i'm gonna you know throw a backwards hit which is allowed most of the time in the jet or in the league or at least just punishable by an interference call uh but yeah i would not be surprised if if Pion gets a game and maybe that might not be the worst thing just yeah you know, maybe he was sit. taking that game anyway uh yeah. Liz, i thought you were gonna say that your poll was who who do you want the jets to match up uh or who do you think the jets match up best with as far as potential uh first first seeds that's well, where that's I where i was going, going that. Uh, that is where i'm going next actually. okay we have good. a couple people in the chat uh nick from top line media is in the chat adam my cousin from edmonton's in the chat i guess Ooh. my mom sent the link out to the family group chat so we got <laughs> we got a, a brady bunch going on out here but um no pun intended but um, so obviously we have um, one game left to to determine some things for the Jets. Like we're obviously wild card two over here, but there's some interesting stuff going on, mostly in the Pacific. I don't think Colorado is much of a, a worry at this point. I'm not 100% familiar with the exact technicalities there, but um, let's look a little bit at some of the matchups that the Jets are inevitably going to be playing um, a week from now. 
most likely scenario is Vegas, followed by some potential for some Edmonton, for some Colorado. Uh, Sean, what do you think is the best matchup for the Jets? A couple of people in the chat have been sharing their opinions. A couple of people have said, um, you know, just some more off the ice stuff, like of how these teams dislike or like each other and maybe some history with Vegas in the playoffs, some history with um, Edmonton in that sweep. There's a lot of noise surrounding a couple of these potential matchups. If you're looking at the Winnipeg Jets making it out of the first round, what do you think is the best matchup that they should be hoping for? So this entire year with Colorado and the injuries that they've had um, and th- this this uh, notion that everyone kept talking about about the trade deadline, that the West was wide open. I thought that that was a really insulting uh, suggestion for a number of teams. I-, I hated that argument. Let's go out here because no one in the West is at all capable. And like everybody said it, like from the, the top guys uh, on, on, you know, a lot of the different stations here in Canada, down down in the States, everyone kept saying it. The Colorado Avalanche, when they've been healthy, have been everything that they were last season. Um, and they don't even have Gabriel Landeskog back yet. Um, th- this team, when they've been put together, have been dangerous. We've taken a look at them down the stretch. Uh, they've turned their game on right at the exact time. This is a team last year that I thought played the most dominant hockey game I have ever seen before. Game two of the Stanley Cup Finals against an extremely capable Tampa Bay team uh, was just absolutely the most dominant performance I've ever seen in a hockey game before in my life. Um, This team is capable of that. Nathan McKinnon right now is kicking ass and taking names. He's coming in and, and then you've got Kale McCarr and you've got everything that we've got that their, their defense when healthy are, are extremely dangerous. I I like that Georgiev pickup by them. I don't think people have been uh, uh, talking about them as much last year. This was a team that won the Stanley cup final in spite of their goaltending and everything that I've heard from them last season uh, is um, or or sorry so far this season is that goaltending is not their problem so that is going to have the potential to er erase some of the things that are missing from last season they're a dangerous team I wouldn't want anything to do with that team the Edmonton Oilers right now we were talking uh, before the show started out here all the stuff everyone says well they've got the very obvious problems in goaltending and on defense and all that kind of stuff. The the addition of Matthias Ekholm, I've talked to a lot of scouts and a lot of hockey people behind the scenes. Matthias Ekholm is one of those moves that you plug him in, suddenly he's on one side, he takes up 25 minutes a night. This is what I always used to say about the Chicago Blackhawks. They were so dangerous because Keith would basically take up 30 minutes. Seabrook would take up 30 minutes. Jarmelson would take up 30 minutes. Well, you only have to find 30 minutes now for the rest of your defensemen out there. When you get a guy like at home who's a workhorse and can play defensively one he slots in right at the top and then a guy like nurse has to play different kind of minutes that he's more successful at but he just takes so much of a piece that makes them a better defensive team and we've seen it there them as a better defensive team has made their goalies better they are deep from line one all the way down to line four do they have the best defense in the nhl playoffs absolutely not do they have the best goaltending absolutely not but it's not the problem that people are making it out to be they are extremely dangerous and their record lately shows the Vegas Golden Knights are probably the easiest answer to say that because there's a question mark in goaltending and a player like uh um uh, you know, some of their players seem a little bit up untested when it comes to the playoffs. We don't know what Mark Stone's 
situation is going to be. Um, but I will say this, the Jets in the past, in 2018, uh, ever since, don't match up well against Vegas because the Winnipeg Jets, what you saw from them over the last number of games, they work best when they've got that momentum, right? Where they just roll and roll and roll and roll. And fans know exactly what I'm talking about because when you're in the building and it's happening, you get louder and louder and louder. And then they get those kind of shifts where they're in their own zone. They, they've got the opposition penned up in their zone and they change and then they change again and they bring in lines and they just roll. The Winnipeg Jets operate best when they're playing like that. It is very hard to do that against the Vegas Golden Knights because they are so fast and their sticks are so good. They're so good at interrupting passing lanes. They're so good at breaking that kind of stuff up. And I've found the Jets have always really struggled when it came to the way that the Vegas Golden Knights uh, interrupt their flow. It's going to take a special performance, I think, by Connor Hellebuck uh, in order for the Jets to get, uh, get past the Vegas Golden Knights if they end up playing them in the first round. Good thing he's showing that he's capable of doing that the way he's played lately. Right. Absolutely. And I think uh, I think Sean's got some obligations. I got a timer I'm looking at here because oh. Sean's obviously got to get to Kenny and Rennie. So we're going to make sure we get things wrapped up here. I just got to say, though, Sean, I feel so vindicated right now because Brady I, has I given me a hard time <laughs> for so long because I was so mean to Darcy Kemper for like a year. And uh, I was like, Colorado won this the Stanley Cup in spite of their goaltending. And he's like, he's not that bad. And I know he's not that bad, but I just, that was a really special moment for me personally. Brady, I win, you lose, suck it. Um, I mean, the cap so, stinks. So, I mean, maybe that yeah, also, there that, we go. that's another reason. And as of tonight, I literally I sat my brother and sister down and I was like, you guys need to understand the sad, the best hockey that we will ever watch in our lives. That chapter is over. No pens, no caps in the playoffs this year. No Sydney, uh, no Ovi. My heart is broken. Paul Maurice has clinched the playoffs, too. So congrats to that guy. But um, I think that about wraps up the general gist of what we want to talk about tonight. Um Brady and I are obviously both super huge Sean fans. We love uh, Sean's work on Sportsnet and everything he does to cover the Jets. Just an absolute stellar professional and great guy. So we are so happy that we were able to get you on before the regular season ended. And we'll probably be heckling you in the chat and Kenny and Rennie after this. But um, Brady, any last words before we let Sean sign off and, and let him go? Nope. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Brady's it was... mad. I vindicated you. I can tell right now <laughs> mad about that. Um, I hey, that. I just wanted to say uh, I reciprocate. I, as you both know, uh, I, I've been huge, huge fans of both of yours for a long time. Uh, I think you're, you're great pros. Um, I remember the first time I talked with both of you, interviewed with both of you. I was highly impressed, really enjoyed myself just like I did here tonight. I had a ton of fun and I want to thank you two for having me on. It means a lot. We really well, we can't wait it. to see you at the last Kenny and Rooney live show of the year, whenever that happens, hopefully in June, um, when, we'll, like we'll Luca see. said, we see the Rossum <laughs> Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here today. Make sure you like the stream on the way out and head over to Kenny and Rennie to catch some uh, more content on the Jets and some more coverage on what an exciting game that was. And we'll be back. Brady and I will be together for the last game of the season for against Colorado on Thursday. That's a little bit of a later one. Um, but yeah, we will see you. Thank you so much. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.